Wait, do we sound good? How do, yeah. We're sounding good? Coast, even Costa? I know, that's a shocker. Oh. <laughs> Guys, welcome back to Food Beast Ketchup. I'm joined this week by Costa Spyro. What's going on, guys? All right, he's a Food Beast science writer extraordinaire. We got Jason Quinn, chef, owner, playground. Feels like a regular on the show, too. You, you know? are a regular yeah. on this show. This is, you should be. because I'm the closest. You're the closest, <laughs> most established chef. Who would drive to do this? You know, <laughs> like. So many people, Jason. Yeah, come on. <laughs> dude, I walk like 200 feet and I'm here. So. It's been a minute, dude. It has. That's How's good. everything going? You, I'm very well. You criminally underutilize my willingness to uh, I do. walk and t- talk. To do free work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Because one of these days you're going to end up paying me. One day, and it's going to be tight. Yeah. I'm just waiting for it. Because, like, what's the point of giving you a couple hundred bucks? Like, you don't need a couple hundred bucks. But we'll work on, you know. Yeah. Oh, we were just talking about doing that dinner together. We are just going to do a dinner together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what would our dinner be? What would our dinner be? Oh, my be? God. It would just be, like... Uh, a love letter to all the things that I hate that you've done. Oh you know, my God. Be like, so it would be a Food Beast 2.0 dinner. Yeah, we would have to. And let's go through the menu then. What? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Hot Cheetos. I got to tell you, I am not anywhere near comfortable talking about the ingredients I would have to use to uh, fulfill your dreams. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so, but I think that dinner would bang. Would you charge the normal amount or I would, would you charge? charge? You would charge more. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys, uh, so Costa, have you? I guess you, are you familiar with Jason's restaurant? Playground, yeah. Playground's dope, right? Have you been oh, to yeah. his 2.0, which is the the seated bar? I haven't been to 2.0 yet. In a private room. Oh, Explain, no. 2.0. Explain 2.0. Explain uh, 2.0. 18 seats, a kitchen. We put on you know two dinner parties a night. 18 people sit down at the same time. We serve you know about 15 courses. Everyone gets up. Everyone leaves. It's one ticket price. You get the same wine pairing. You get the same everything you share. It's yeah. like, you know, we just put six giant plates of everything yeah. uh, throughout the room. So, you know, you have as much or as little as you like of everything. I love it. And it's usually pretty, I mean, it's intimate. It's only 18 people. Yeah, it's fun because, you know, you're interacting with the owner of the restaurant. Right. Right. I mean, like, I could. I, we were just talking about this as well. I can say things that no one else in my staff could say because I'm happy to live with whatever the consequences of right. that is. Right. You know, people can, I can be myself. And if I want to tell someone, you know, my favorite thing is people will say, I'll hear them say, oh, I'm, I'm starting to get full. And I'm like, that's actually the, um, the only F word we don't allow in this room. So if you could <laughs> shut the fuck up, that would be great. And they're like, they're like, wow, did this guy just tell me legitimately to shut the fuck up? I'm like, yeah, I did. But I was, you know, joking. Right. And I'm saying, you know, full is our is our four-letter yeah. F word that doesn't get said. But none of your employees could say that, I feel. It would be really challenging for someone who worked there to have the courage to... And, and I would I approve it. <laughs> it's but. not you. It's the customer, and then they have to say it just the right way to the customer. And it's a hard, and, and obviously, a hard like, skill. Like I said, I'm willing to live with the ramifications of that action. If that person's like, I cannot believe you talked to me like this. Like, how dare you? I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Right. Whatever. You have but, the power to comp a meal. You have yeah, the power yeah, to like, do oh, something. Hey, listen, like, if you're really, really offended <laughs> by my joke... Then here's your money back and get get the fuck out because you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna enjoy the rest of the meal either. You know what I mean? Like oh I've God. said things on my when I my guy Justin to my, my right hand man he goes oh my God I can't believe you just said that to a person here. You know? Well it's 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 all in the skill of how you say it because totally. the wrong person saying hey get the fuck out like yeah. the, the tone has to be just right the delivery has to be perfect. 
if any other like douche on yeah, the block says it, it's like what the hell? That's why I, mean. I think I think that that makes it already a really unique experience, like eating dinner in that way. Like you see no menu. People go, "Do I get a a printed menu?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, um, if we gave you a printed menu, then we would actually have to serve that menu." Right. You have no. And they're like, they're like, "What do you What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, you know, sometimes things happen in the middle of the meal. We go in different order. Right. We change something on the fly because some disaster <laughs> happens or whatnot." I'm like. I don't want to have to come and explain that to you if it happens. Sure. We're doing live cooking. We get one shot at it. You know, yeah. we don't, we can't go, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. We'll do, <laughs> we'll try that. We'll start that one over. Yeah. So why, why, you know, set a standard? You would have no idea if you got two different courses throughout that meal. Right. You have no idea. Right. You, would, you wouldn't be in your head at all. Oh, Whatever you well, got. It was good, but they fucked up two things. We got two different. You just, you're just sitting there going, what's next? I don't know. This, okay. So people don't buy, it's not every night is not themed, right? It's not always. It has a theme, but one of the themes we call trust, which is like, all right, there's no fucking theme. Yeah, like you trust, like, us, trust to make, us to, make, some to make a good dinner, you know? Right, 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 right. Yeah. right. So it's funny that you're in here today because uh, Costa, we're working on a new segment where we're trying to find out the top 10. We're trying to whittle down the top 10 foodie cities in the country. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my bias out of the way, I hate the word foodie, but we it's just terrible. have to use it. It's, it's terrible. Stupid. Yeah. But it's still a fun conversation to have. And the top 10 foodie cities, and we're not, we don't have to go through all of them. I think what's most important is we're trying to find out if Orange County belongs on that or not. No, yeah. we don't. And you don't. Okay. Oh, whoa. wow. That's, Already? That was... We Already? don't. No. no. So, uh, because what makes a place a foodie city? Population? So what I mean, like it's fair, but what we're what, so we're going to use a lot of data points for this list. That's ultimately going to be published on the site as like a cool white paper and stuff. It's going to be formal yeah. shit. A lot of cities are skewed because yeah, of course New York and LA are foodie cities. Like they have a shit ton of people there. There's a ton. I of just people think you could, I just think when you're talking about like even Charleston, South Carolina, even you know New Orleans, these are places that destroy us. Food is religion. Right. In New Orleans. Food is a trend right now here. And don't get me wrong, I want to really reiterate, I love the people who consider themselves the foodies in Orange County because they're the ones who've allowed us to run the restaurant the way that we do and to come in and enjoy the stuff that we're putting out there, right? Yeah. I love that. I'm not talking shit on Orange County. I'm just saying we don't make the top 10. I love our food scene. I, don't, I could open a restaurant anywhere I want to. I don't want to go anywhere but here. Right. You know? But there are easily 10 places, I think, that, that just destroy the food culture that we have mm-hmm. here. So maybe Seattle, Portland, yeah. San Francisco, LA, that's four on the West Coast alone that are better than Orange County. I think so. And and like I said, those are just bigger they're bigger places. Sure. They've been doing it longer. They've had a reputation for it longer. Is Orange County a better entrepreneur city than it is a foodie city? Are we are we being blinded by the fact that we have I feel the restaurants that are popping up right now and I'm using restaurants and I'm going to air quote it because it's like these quick service places with a very silly theme or something on point. I feel they're better at branding those restaurants. They overthink the branding than it is an actual food, like a really good food experience. I think that Orange County has the potential to be in the top 10 of that list, but I just think that we're at this great stage right now that is perfect for exactly what you're talking about. We've been there for seven years that you can open either a food truck or one of these stalls or any sort of small quick service operation, have whatever quirk you want and get in there and be, and be popular. I just heard about this place in Irvine called two birds. Yeah. Two birds. birds Okay. Cool. I just heard about it. Right. First of all, it's like very creative little name, small menu, you know, bird in the hand, bird in the bush. And 
it's nine dollars either way, and you and, and on Google it's like, um, you know, the, usually a long wait. You know, usually, that's that's right. usually a long wait, and you're just like, dude, that's that's perfect, right? That's like a, a perfect little operation. That's like what happens in Singapore when there's these hawker stands, and you just go and you wait for one dish cooked well, and then you leave. You right? Know? It's like, mm-hmm. is that easy? And that places like that, you can open that with no real negative consequences in Orange County because of. You're saying low risk. I'm saying low risk because there's a huge group of foodie people with few options. Whereas in San Francisco, doesn't that make it a good foodie we're, city? Where in San Francisco, there's a ton of foodies and a ton of options. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, I guess on that on that metric, is it better for the foodie? Goddamn, that sounds like a word of people that like. Hitler would try to run. Foodie is it's terrible, (laughs) man. Throw some analytics and some metrics at you about Orange County in the foodie scene. This is this is what I do. I'm a scientist. I'm sorry. So comparative to other places, Orange County isn't as big when it comes to the numbers. On our site, it's at the bottom of the top 25 cities in the United States for traffic. Right. So okay. And uh, in terms of accolades, so looking across four different sites, Open Table, Yelp, the James Beard Foundation nominees, and the Daily Meal Top 100, Orange County brings in a total of seven spots. So seven spots from Orange County make those lists cumulative across those? Or is cumulative. that like an average? That's total. That's total. Oh, so all those lists, only seven restaurants in Orange County make it? Only seven restaurants in Orange County made it. Compared is Jason's to, on there? Playground? Um, I saw, yeah, Playground was one of them. And the 2.0 was on the Yelp Top 100 as well. Yeah, it was on Playground 2.0 okay, was Yelp, and I think another one was on Open Table. I'm just saying, I wouldn't is, have brought it up. but you know, is, Yelp, is Yelp pay to play? We also, I had a very interesting discussion with, with Evan on the way over here. About Yelp. He um, said, he, he was like, yo, this is kind of a touchy subject, but, and then I, went, I knew it was going to be good. He was like, if Yelp is pay to play, which I don't have fact on that, but I'm sure there's a lot of discourse that Yelp is pay to play. Oh, I'm sure it is. Mm-hmm. Is that unfair to cities where maybe there's not enough money going around? Or we it's unfair, were, period. Evan, Evan and I were having this conversation because we were looking at if Yelp and Open Table initially, and we had some early cities that were eliminated from contention for the top 10. Because of Yelp and Open Table, I put some of them. I put some of them back on because of that conversation I had with Evan. Of you know these areas where pay to play isn't as much of a marketability, they don't have the ability to do it. Mm. Um, That could lead to some problems with some of these cities. So somebody like Houston, for example, somebody like Dallas. But are they foods? I don't know. Now that's that's where my ignorance. That's why we're like kind of discussing Orange County. I've been to Houston. I had good food there, Mm. but I wouldn't call it. A foodie town just yet. It wouldn't have popped up for me either, but Austin, of course. Would yeah, have, yeah. Know. Austin, yeah. of course. Um, what else did we look at? We also looked at Denver. We looked at Boulder. There's places like this, Atlanta, uh, Philadelphia. So what? What yeah. constitutes? So like in Nola, let's talk about New Orleans, for example. Mm-hmm. There's great authentic food tied to that town. Poboys, mufalettas, oysters. Yeah, I right. mean, the, these yeah. are not. Gumbo. These are not, you know, negligible dishes. This is the backbone of uh, a certain part of American cuisine. Yeah, yeah. like Nola has done so much for American cuisine that you can't measure because of, you know, the rich history of the Cajun and the Creole cuisines. And we take, I mean, Orange County takes from that. And I think maybe that's why we... we right. Everyone does. That's right. not an Orange County. Orange County is not the only ones that think the gumbo tastes good. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So Nola should, I mean, that... 
that's extra. That's got to be in the to top five for me for sure. Top five. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Sure. Agreed on and that. And it's been doing it's been doing it for you know almost a hundred years. You know, just like it's always been yeah. that town. New Orleans is a place of food and drink and music and yeah. mm-hmm. sin. You know? what be- yeah. What better foodie culture then? Yeah. What then? What does Orange County need to break that list? Is it time? I think I think it needs time, and I think it needs to break away from Instagram. That would be my biggest thing. Orange County is all about the Instagram and all about the trend, but I would love to see more places in Orange County like Irenia that Jonathan Gold would obsess over. Yeah, I love Irenia. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's so good. But then, okay, so without Instagram, you're saying we would have more of a focus on the actual food at that point. Well, I think Instagram is good for us because it makes people aware that Orange County has a food scene that's starting to grow, but I think for it to evolve, I think it's you know more of an infancy stage. I think we're a f- fake food scene then. Yeah, and you yeah. know it's kind of funny. I'm just like thinking like who possibly like could be responsible for this? Fuck you you know, it's like I'm sitting there thinking to myself, is there any way that there's a group of like eight to ten assholes who are sitting there all day glorifying Taco Bell and Pizza Hut? Oh, are you talking about Eater? I come on. Like, let's not talk about other you know, other publications on the podcast. I don't think I was talking about another publication. Uh, okay, that's fair. I haven't I haven't posted about Playground in quite some time. <laughs> First of all, get keep me off your smut. Uh, do you agree? Okay, did you hear about that a long time ago? It was a couple a couple weeks ago, a month ago. Oh, did you hear about what happened with us and Manuela? Did you hear about uh, that? I heard, did you, they got the pissed at you guys? They got pissed. Yeah. But let's, let's, let's replay the story because you don't know the story. Then. I don't know the story. You know, you know really, the headlines I, yeah. that we're seeing. So Reach, you know Reach, yep. our managing editor, um, and Peter, one of our writer photographers, were asked to come to his restaurant and film a video about something, a deer burger. It was a deer burger. It, it was deer like burger. A, yeah, a venison burger. So you're 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 kind of scoffing right now, like no, I'm, I just I obviously like if they were invited, and then the rest of the story is gonna be weird. Anyways, I'm ready for it. Yeah, but I, I couldn't tell if you were doing it because like I can't believe we were invited at all because that's not. Do you know this chef? No, I don't. Okay, so, um, so we get invited and Reach and Peter are sitting out front waiting uh, for the chef to come in, and he comes out and he's like, "Who are you guys?" They say. And he was like, oh, that shoot is canceled. You didn't hear? And we had driven all the way out to L.A. We're in Santa Ana. We're in Orange County right now. So it's like an hour-ish away, maybe over. And he proceeds to just be an ass. He proceeds to get up and yell at the rest of his restaurant. Like, can you believe these a-holes are going to put me next? He saw spam fries on our feed or on our website somewhere. So he associates us with creating them or covering that kind of quote-unquote smut which you do we do (laughs) i'm not hiding that part like we cover that and then we also cover you just the stuff that gets nationally syndicated ends up being something like spam fries it's not like we're not covering amazing eateries around and so short story long uh the the pr team there were like oh like complete like someone the wires were crossed in the background he didn't know we were coming or what happened so he eventually kicked us out and so we just left and we wrote about the experience. So we got invited and then we're told to leave. So that's, how do you, how do you feel about something like that? And put yourself in his shoes because I'm not saying you guys are similar, but. Okay, I'm, first of all, if it's, if, it's, if it's me, I'm doing it because 
We've never paid for advertising sure. one one cent. And don't mind you, they're not paying us. We I know. Went there I know they're not. I know they're not. That's why. That's why I'm putting myself in their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would do it. But you know, I've told you plenty of times, dude, get off the fast food stuff and cover like what's happening in restaurants. And you said to me the same thing. There's just there's not the same traction on it. Yeah. And you know what? Like I get your side of it, but my side of it is like if I was if you're asking me dream publication to be associated with. It's one that it's right next to Thomas Keller's dish and sure. Joshua Skins. Sure. You know, and I'm right. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I'll take, yeah, I'll be right there. Yeah. You know, like we were on like a list of like hundred prettiest dishes, which I don't even think we make pretty food, but either way we did one time Aww. and we were right in, it was alphabetical yeah. we were right in between Providence and Per Se. And those, those guys must've been like, fuck this playground. <laughs> who, the hell are, who the hell is this guy? What are they doing on our list? You yeah. know? And, uh, and so if you're asking me, like, would I rather be next to spam fries or that? It's no question. I'd rather be next to chefs making sure. real food that they're really excited about. And when I say real food, I'm talking about ingredients from scratch, raw ingredients, sure. you know, producing with your hands and tools food. You know, I'm not talking about cutting a bag of fr French fries from Restaurant Depot, putting it into your fryer, <laughs> and topping buffalo chicken sauce and blue cheese all over it. Now, don't get me wrong. That tastes good. Right. But it's not the type of food that I'd like to be considered next to. And I'm sure this guy felt the same way. So that at, as time has sunk in and, and I've, I've played that out, I get that perspective entirely. Yeah. Now, to be an asshole, though. Like that's, that's different. never, that's never the right answer in yeah. any situation. Yeah. You know, it's not. Yeah. You, so never the first asshole. You could be the second one. Yeah. It's funny to, to harp back and clap back. But anyway, I mean, that's a, I don't even want to talk about that one anymore just cause it's kind of played out, but it is interesting that that is, we are a part of perpetuating that quote unquote, or just that fake foodie scene. Like the idea that we inflate it here in Orange County because if we're looking at other numbers, you see more, because there are more foodies that are proficient in, in social media and Instagram and so forth, you see more dishes from the same places around here. Yeah. And those, if you're looking at it from New York or you're looking at it somewhere in the middle of the country, you're like, damn, OC's kind of popping off because you keep seeing dishes from there, but you don't, you're not seeing chefs, you know, there's there's certain chefs that break through the mold and you hear about them, but they're not the ones being accoladed on on social media, which is the new yellow pages. It's the new Yelp. Yeah, especially with Instagram. If you look at some of the top Instagram influencers in the country, people like Daily Food Feed, Food of Michael, people like that, a lot of them are based here in Orange County and they're kind of setting the tone for what everyone else is going and trying. And they're not trying new restaurants that are on the cutting edge. They're trying new restaurants that are their clients that are upping yeah. their traffic. Or that, that, yeah, that like know that. that like the way we feed into some of our like audience's biases of we know they're going to react to fried chicken on fries. Yeah. That's going to get some engagement. Yeah, like fried chicken and tots gets engagement, hot chicken gets engagement, you know, this vibrantly colored rainbow unicorn food. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> okay, so does LA, LA makes, this, makes the cut, top 10? Yeah. LA makes the yeah, cut. Yeah, uh, definitely. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, probably in the lower half. Oh shit. What, what restaurants in Orange County and what about them would potentially help progress or deserve more shine? 
to like kind of because the way you're talking about Nola, should we be talking about our taco guys? You know what I mean? I think our tacos are really good, um, but you know I think that they can be made that well anywhere. I don't think there's something specific about. Why aren't they? They're not. So really, that so good, that's though. a really good question because they're well. not made that well. Because I, I agree with you. It's fucking meat and tortillas. Yeah, right? and in theory, like the the same quality of tortillas should be purchased. Well, these these guys are not making their own. Tortillas, no, they're not. They're know, they're like, buying it from whatever. Yeah. Random and and to be honest, like in the food truck culture, like you would you'd go in your food truck, you'd walk into the commissary, and there are literally like pre marinated bags of all you know cabeza, lengua, carne, you know what all the, all the meats. And, you know, the goal is you walk in, you buy that stuff, you put it in your steamer, you drive around, you make people burritos. Yeah. But in theory, any food truck that parks there would have the same exact thing. So that's why I'm getting as like, nothing about that feels particularly mm. special to me. Right. You know, now like the ability, if you're doing it differently, you're doing your family's recipe and, and whatnot. Okay. Well then, you know, we have a, a much different question. Sure. Yeah. Here's another point too. Like all of these cities that I'm looking at for this foodies towns list, these are all places that have had some contribution to American food culture. They're known for something. If you look at Los Angeles, Los Angeles is known for something like the French dip sandwich. Yeah. New York has its own particular style of pizza. You know, Chicago, there's so much food that comes out of Chicago. New Orleans, Miami, Chicago makes that Cuban list, no? food. Chicago definitely makes a list. Yeah. You're saying- Chicago has an incredible amount of insane restaurants within hundred feet of each other. Yeah. Almost every place you see one great restaurant, like, oh, 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 wow, they're everywhere. They're I was all- so overwhelmed mm-hmm. and in awe of how amazing Chicago's food scene was. Yeah, Chicago's food scene is amazing. I mean, even the underrated food scenes that you look at, if you look at what Anthony Bourdain, for example, has named as underrated, Charleston, South Carolina. I said that. No. Just like, I said that. No. No. But yeah, other places like Austin has a food scene that's growing. The Twin Cities, Minneapolis, and St. Paul. Why is Austin such a foodie town? I think Austin is a fun town. And I think when people go there for like South by Southwest or something like that, and they have this amazing time, and they realize like, okay, I either want to do this yearly, or I just want to come back to this place and like hope that the magic is the same at other parts in the year. Yeah. And then obviously like legendary places like Franklin Barbecue where you just hear, wait, mm-hmm. what? People will go there at 6 a.m. and they'll sell their spot Yeah, for $100. You can buy their spot in line. And, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I think that's crazy that hype around a barbecue place has employed people. No. Yeah. You, should, you have no excuse to be homeless if you're within like... <laughs> If you're within, you know, mm-hmm. five miles of Franklin Barbecue. Yeah. I feel like we should do the same thing at Howland Rays. I don't... Okay, so I haven't been to Howland Rays yet. But... Have that, you been to this? I haven't been, but I do like hot chicken. I love hot chicken. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty, like there's a lot of places in Orange County doing hot chicken. Again, they're doing it second and third to the bat, and they like yeah. have to throw it on waffles yeah, or do it so, in a purple cone. I just saw that, like a purple ube cone. Yeah, so there's a new place in Westminster, uh, for example. That's <laughs> Jason you know, is upset. Nah, they're doing they're doing like Nashville style hot chicken. It's really not as that spicy though, know, but. Their real innovation comes in the types of waffles that they are doing. So they are doing like pandan and ube and red velvet waffles. But like why with Nashville chicken? Like if you're going to come up with your Filipino style chicken that makes perfect sense with ube. But like you know what they fucking serve hot chicken with? White bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like like this isn't, this isn't up for debate. 
This isn't, an, you know, oh, well, in some parts it's waffles. It's like, no, this is a white bread situation that comes on the side with it. And the other thing that's hard about doing, the reason I think that, you know, if you're doing hot chicken in Orange County, you've got to put it on waffles or fries or whatnot, is that mild, medium, those are screaming yeah, hot flavors so hot. in Nashville. So to, like, try to do it the same way and have it walk in and be like, hey, by the way, our mild is, like, gonna fucking blow your asshole up you know it's like like that's we just don't have that in our thing i ordered the mile it killed me one star you know that's like that's the future for that restaurant in or in orange county if you do it the real way the real way yes. i was served on wonder bread like that was stupid you know and, and you know what like i don't necessarily want to eat wonder bread either but that's how this is served that's the dish yeah because it's again going back to like that instagram culture of orange county i feel like if it's not visually appealing, it's not going to survive. I actually wrote a piece after the Catch a Podcast that you were on with Annie Nguyen about how, you know, I think this applies mainly to restaurants in Orange County that you need that item that pops off to compliment, you know, to get attention and get people starting to go to you. But then but, you have someone like Howlin' Ray's that's just making a good hot chicken sandwich. But Howlin' Ray's, Howlin Ray's also has, like, you know, their menu is small, but it's very consistent. That was, like, the other part of my piece is that you need this item that sets you off and makes you stand out, but you need to have the rest of the menu to back you up. That's true, because if it's yourself. not, that's that's what's consistent about Howlin' Ray's, but then if you have a spot that's doing four different color waffles and all that stuff, well, are you about the chicken? Or are you about the combo? Or are you about the... Yeah, you're about, about the, the photo. You're about the photo, and the photo changes, and then as soon as people are tired of the photos they take at your spot, your spot's done, because the food took a back seat to the imagery or the branding or whatever. Yeah, and I think I got to touch one thing on the photos, right? So like, it does kill me. People always they'll come in and they'll say, "Oh, do you mind if I take pictures?" And I say, "As long as you are able to enjoy your food hot and juicy, like I don't care." But the thing that kills me is like, if you really are gonna take pictures of it, and that's why you're getting it, fucking buy two of them, eat one right <laughs> away, and then take your thousands of pictures. Or more importantly, if you're there to take a picture of it and you do take four to five minutes to take your picture, which we can all agree is not unrealistic. It's not uncommon. It's not, not uncommon. Not uncommon. Right? You not get uncommon. Angle, for sure. Five, five minutes is – food has a window of five minutes that it is at its best it's going to be. And if you were going to judge that after that window because you needed the picture of it, Fuck you. Oh, my ramen was cold at Jason's restaurant. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> the noodles were overcooked. The blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Just so, you get two of them. If the picture is worth $12 to you, get two of them, eat one first, and then take your picture. Pro tip, guys. The cold food photos are better food photos. Let it go cold. Get a second one. Sorry, did I just break? I just broke it. <laughs> Jason oh, is so mad. But He's never for me as a college here. student, my I'll struggle is I want to go and eat at all these places and I want to try the food, but I also want pictures of the catalog. So for me, it's you got to take your phone. Fo- your phone has to be out when the food comes. You got sixty seconds. That's why you got to be so rich to live in Orange County. I feel you got people yeah. ordering two sets of food every time. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, sushi is like for me the thing that needs to be eaten the fastest. Sushi, okay. right? Like you got ten seconds. Sushi, sushi and ramen. Yeah. Okay, I'll okay. give you both of them. Um, so I went to this incredible sushi restaurant, my, the best I've ever had, uh, Sushi Nakazawa in New York City. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? So I took pictures of my wife. So, like I had my phone ready. As soon as <laughs> dropped, I grabbed her picture and I ate mine. And I was like, I want to look at the guy. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking let your shit get old. You can put it into my mouth so you can just <laughs> write in and I will, and I'll just, uh, 
See, I was the same way. I just went to Las Vegas for a convention, and I stopped off at Lotus of Siam best. before going back. Best. The instance the food dropped down on the table, I took five to six pictures of it and then just got right to it because I knew, like, I want to try this. You know, the instance it comes out at its best quality. Yeah. Do you get the actually, crispy rice salad, the nam katod? Uh, no, I didn't. That's the best dish. I got, I got the... <laughs> I got the nam prick on. Okay. And I got, they have a cow soy yeah, curry. The cow, the, you with get it with the, the, the short rib? Duck. You get it with the short rib? I got it with crispy duck. Oh, okay. It was really good though. Cool. Love cow soy. Yeah. That I've was never amazing. taken a picture in that place. No. I've never taken a picture of Lotus. Pro, everyone, we get a lot of messages of people asking for recommendations in different cities, and Vegas is the top one. Go off strip and go to Lotus of Cyan. Or yes. go to 5030 Spring Mountain Road and eat at Monta, Raku, Raku Sweets or the sushi place there that I always forget. But is it a strip mall? Fifty Thirty Spring Mountain Road is one of like three addresses that I know. I know my parents' house, my <laughs> house, and 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 Fifty Thirty Spring Mountain Road. And if you're willing to drive, that's 20... in Vegas. It's in Vegas. Yeah. If you're Mountain willing... Ramen's the sickest ramen in Vegas. <laughs> okay. Uh, try the cold ramen. Both dressings fuck super hard. They use it in oh the sesame. Oh my gosh. They have great gyoza. And then Raku is like a izakaya. Right next to it. Actually, they made a Raku in LA, but the original one was uh, was there. And then they have Raku Sweets, where they do like really badass desserts. And then there's the sushi place. Which and if you're willing to drive like 20 minutes out of Vegas, there's a place called Uncle John's Roadkill Grill, and it's got the best barbecue Road I've ever had. Grill. Yeah, it's mm. so good. Mm. You kill it, we grill it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Did the braise a BYOM? No, uh, there's no BYOM, but it's, uh, it's good meat. Yeah. Oh, if you're going to Lotus, though, in that shopping center, we we, we put our name you down. Can get great crystal meth in that shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I'm just I was gonna put people on for the crystal meth here. That's where it, strip malls go to die. Is Lotus where Lotus of Siam? That is place off, is off, terrifying. Off Sahara. It's yeah. awful. It's terrifying. So in that center, I don't I forget who I was with, either Jeff or Rudy or someone, and we wanted a drink because we had to pay, we had to wait an hour for, yeah. for. And you wait for it, dude. It's Lotus. You wait. Just get there when they open. It's so easy. What time do they open? I'm not, trying to, get it for, I'm not trying to get it for yeah. breakfast. I want like a dinner. Oh, get like there, the clo- there closer to when they close. I got there like 1, 1. 15, and there was like nobody in the restaurant. It was perfect. Nam ka tod. Nam ka tod. Crispy rice salad. It's the crispy rice there? It's the best. You gotta it's the get most there. texturally successful dish on the planet. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Try it. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. How about, so Vegas is a foodie town. Should that? No. Vegas, no. Vegas is a fake foodie town. Vegas is a fake it's, foodie it's town. It's every big name's... C squad. <laughs> that's a, is that is that not accurate? Does anyone disagree with that? That's okay. a fair. I'd, I'd say that's fair because that's no one where, puts their flagship only restaurant that they care about that they're at every single day in Vegas. Well, Bobby's Burger Palace. Are, is that are you fucking kidding me? That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about. How many times do you think Bobby Flay has cooked a burger there? How many times do you think Bobby Flay has cooked a burger? There? I, I already cooked one burger there. I, I if it's I bet I guarantee it's under a hundred. I guarantee. Oh, I, I agree with that. Okay, for sure. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is that Bobby has what? Twenty restaurants? Is that his third best one? I don't know. No, so I'm it's definitely C Squad or worse. Okay. What about Giada's place? Why do you keep, you're, you're proving my point more and more every second, dude. She does Facebook live streams where she's testing food at her restaurant in, I forget what hotel it's at, but she it's Giada. I heard it's pretty damn good for Italian food. But then you're like pretty damn good in Vegas. It's like. Fine. Strip, yeah. 
Off strip, off strip, always go off strip. Or Cosmopolitan has for me or, the best restaurants. Yeah, Cosmopolitan. Don't they have Excellent now too? Like they, they're they poaching might, people. They have Excellent. I was just there. They have Excellent and Bomofuku like right next to and each no other. Bar, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. tight. And well, frankly, uh, Haleo and China Poblano are both great restaurants there. And Where is in, that? At? In Cosmo. In Cosmo. Mm-hmm. Those Dude, Cosmo's both, on. Those are both Jose Andres yeah. restaurants. You got Secret Pizza at 3 a.m. You got oh, Blue, Secret Pizza is so good. You got good. Blue Ribbon mm-hmm. Sushi, which is. The worst blue ribbon of them because why? Because it's in Vegas. The blue ribbon in <laughs> in, in New York's like sensational. Uh-huh. Um, you got Scott Conan has a place there. You got Milos, which is the Greek restaurant. Yeah, uh, there's a, a lot of like if I'm eating in Vegas on the Strip, I'm definitely at the Cosmo. You're going to Cosmo. Whoa! Wow. I didn't even think about that, but I do I'm, now. I'm realizing well, I like when to I stay do at the eat. Cosmo. Cause they got balconies, but for me, oh, like, they do have the wrap. They have the wraparound balconies up regular, top. Regular balconies are fine uh, too. You got to do wraparound. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I, I don't have a point of never reaching around, <laughs> wrapping around. Nah, I like actually going to places off Strip in Vegas too. Or like, if I'm in the Strip, I'm not going into one of the hotel spots. Costa, I dare you. Next time you go to Lotus as I am in the same parking lot, there's a place called the Green Door. Okay. We went there because you cut me off on the story. We're uh, we went there and we we had to wait an hour, so we went to find a place to drink. We went into the green door and she goes, it's gonna cost you guys $70 each. And we had four people and we're like, for what? It's, it was early, it was like 3 p.m. We're like, uh, $70, this is a uh, kind of an exclusive bar. And it's actually just a giant swingers playpen. So it's, it's dark and it's green and you pay $70 to get in. Did you they guys have, pay? They, they have jacuzzis. They have a room in there that is broadcast to the internet. So you sign a release, and when you're in that room, you can fuck whoever you want. Like, and it's broadcast to the internet. It's called the Green Door. It's probably called the Green Room or some shit like that. But it's the Green something. It's in the Lotus Asylum parking lot. Needless to say, we didn't know why we didn't pay because no one is in there. We asked her like, "Well, was it seventy? Like, there's no one in there. We just want to get a few beers." And she was like, "Well, there's no one in right now. This place usually cracks off at six p.m. You can come back then." And so by then we were full on that. But the green door, I dare you to go in. <laughs> I think you have to bring another person. You have to go in in groups of two because you trade off once you're in there. So you and Rudy trade off? Yeah, I lied. We actually went in and it was great. <laughs> I would have gone in. If you guys went in. There's like you, a, you just paid 280 bucks to fuck each other. <laughs> it's a bar with a locker room. Like, does it get better than that? And jacuzzis, it also sounds really gross. But yeah. but you can so you can go online because you can tell your friends like go go to greenroom.tv and check me out I'm gonna be in room three just railing Rudy, like, <laughs> uh, but yeah so Vegas doesn't make the top ten does it make a twenty? I didn't. It's the fakest foodie place that there is. Yeah. It's just like Vegas is a fake place. I didn't even have Vegas on my list of consideration because I was just like I wouldn't consider it a foodie town. I would just consider it a place where everyone kind of just shows off I think the problem is we don't have foodie defined well enough no because it's a terrible term mm-hmm. it is a terrible term what's a better term food beast so a food beast is a fuckboy oh. food just oh kidding oh my god <laughs> <laughs> or, or it's a connoisseur of food what do you, that would be the dream is that people who like literally just loved food and loved trying it at multiple places not people who wanted to get 
hype dishes, right? That's what a foodie used to be. It used to be yeah. a very hipster yeah, traveler like, type. Like, would go out of their way to try liver or sure. know, kidneys yeah. or something. Yeah, and I mean, that's what that's what it was assigned to. And you you were well traveled usually as a foodie, poor like or not. Now it's someone who will travel for food or who looks for exciting places to go. Right. For for either the reason of deliciousness uh-huh. and I think or that was kind of the porn. thing that I went with is like when I'm talking about foodie towns, it's you want to travel to this town to eat. Is yeah. Mm. Montreal is not in this country, but that is yeah, Montreal, I've heard a food town. Like you want to, when you travel shit. to Los Angeles, you want to eat. You know, when you travel to San Francisco, there's so much good food there yeah. that you want to eat. And the question is, are places like is Orange County somewhere? Yeah, where I would have you put San Francisco on the list. What, are you kidding me? San Francisco no, is one of the no, best. San Francisco. On the list. Nah, dog. Dude, didn't you just go to Tartine? Yeah, I just. Huh? You didn't like Tartine? I fucking love Tartine. Okay, I love Tartine. That's, that settles it right there. <laughs> Done. I love Tartine. Tartine is outstanding. Okay, My I went to Tartine in the, the manufacturing. The, okay, I haven't the, been the there. Bre- the, it's amazing bread. Jeff said he had like his top two sandwich ever there. I feel like they're doing one in LA too. And I'll put this out there: the best food that I've tried while working for Food Beast. San Francisco. Koi dude, Palace. San Francisco is so fucking flames, dude. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe... First of all, first of all, we, what do they have now? Four three Muslim star restaurants in San Francisco? If yeah. I had... Okay, so would you pick LA over SF if we... If we're no, only allowed no, a, SF, no. SF. <laughs> <laughs> no, San Francisco. It's so flames. San Francisco, dude. It's a no-brainer. Okay, name some restaurants. Rattle. Gary Danko. Catonia. Gary Danko's been on that list forever. Nopa. Nopalito. Tartine. The manufacturing bar tartine. Um, Boy Palace. Yeah, okay. um, Qua. Atelier Cren. I mean, dude, how many, how many do you want? <laughs> Swan <laughs> Oyster Depot. Swan Oyster Depot as well. Mission Chinese Food, the original. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mission Chinese Tommy's. Food is good. Oh, we literally went. Uh, I Tommy's you, I, Place? Tommy's Ooh. Joint, yeah. Tommy's Joint, yeah, dude. Ooh. Okay, fine. honestly, fuck you, dude. You're so <laughs> full of shit. Name that many places in LA. Oh, God. Hal and Ray's. In and Out. Oh, just him. <laughs> just him. In and Out. Hal and Ray's. <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell. KFC. Popeyes is great, though, too. No, real talk. Name that many in LA. Okay. Or, um, or, 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 or five. I can't name them. Five? No, I can't. You can't name five. I can't. I can't. Point proof. <laughs> Okay, so SF makes the list. LA. I told you oh, LA for me is bottom half of, of the top 10 and, and can bottom. easily find its way into like 11 through 13, you know? There's a no. lot of good stuff so, in LA, but for, yeah. you know. I'm limiting it to 10, so I'm like, you know, my debate right now is I have 15 cities on this list and it's which ones am I eliminating, which ones are surviving to the top And just 10. to be clear, Orange County didn't even make the top 15, right? It was, top, it was 25 for you? That was in terms of viewership and one of the analytics I was looking oh, at. Okay. But Orange County right now is in the 15 that survived of course, so far. Homer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you got? What do you got? So what's outside the top 15? What's outside the top five? Yeah, what's, top like 10? In, what's in uh, 11 through 15? Purgatory right now. 11 through 15, the purgatory ones are as follows Orange County is in that list. We're looking at Miami. We're looking at uh, Portland, D.C., and Charleston. Wow, what's on the list? Of the 10 right now, Philly, Houston, Atlanta, Boston, Austin, LA, New York, SF, Chicago, and NOLA. What? I think Portland needs to be on there. Um, and, I, and, I, and I guess what I'm getting at with that is like, first of all, I, I did not find the food I ate in Portland to be particularly delicious, but 
it is still a place with tons of restaurants that are critically acclaimed and whatnot. And the pod culture, I think, moves it into that top 10. It's like any of these places that have a unique food culture. You guys know what I'm talking about? Pods? No, what's a, what's a pod? Pods. They're like tiny little restaurants that, if, you know, you, you go around the corner and there's 40 pods. And they're just, it's like in a parking lot. Oh. And they're just like little, mm-hmm. little tiny restaurants that serve one or two things, okay. you know? Okay. And you can walk around the pods mm-hmm. and, and, and just get, you know, some, some little food. So that alone for me makes that on the top 10 based on the fact that it has a inherent food culture that isn't in all the other places. Whereas like Houston, I'm not, I'm not saying that there isn't a lot of great restaurants, but there's no like one specific dish that is like, a Houston dish that you don't get anywhere else. Or a reason that you can't like, go there. So for yeah. me, like that's why, and Charleston, I feel like the same way, shrimp and grits, you know, yeah. the, the oyster, uh, oyster bakes, uh, uh, you know, all, all of these things, like those feel like, those are things that people get together to do. Mm. You know, they get together, mm-hmm. they, they share uh, a, an afternoon doing whole, whole hog roast or, you know, these, these beautiful oyster spreads and seafood spreads and whatnot. And you stand around and shuck your shellfish and eat it. That's, I think, to me also what makes a, a, a foodie, dare I say, is like they want to be a part of the production of their food. They're not trying mm. to sit there, have, you know, 100 oysters show up all shucked, dressed already. And they just go, you know, it's like people want to go have a food experience. For me, like my favorite things is like grabbing either a tortilla or warm bread or something and like a Making scooping something. And, and, and yeah, being a part of it, being like, wow, like. I'm going to, I'm going to eat more of these. Like I was in Iceland and there was a, what they called a shrimp boil, but really it was like a, the fucking langoustines, like yeah. it was insane shrimp. And, um, and, and, and we're just sitting there eating them. It was like one of the best nights of my life, you know, just like peeling and eating these, these, these crawfish or whatever they call yeah. them. That's pretty interesting in that. Can you define, can, should our list have a weight to it of, there's a concentration of places you can't, or concentration of experiences you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, that's something that I'm definitely weighing in is the restaurant culture of each of these cities. And, you know, when you think of L.A., when you think of Austin, when you think of all these different ones, what defines that place? What defines that city? Mm. Well, shit. A lot to think about, Costa. Yeah, it's a lot to debate on, for sure. That's why, to me, like, Orange County is... You know that top 15 but i'm not sure if i want to put it in that top 10 because it's like what defines orange county to me right now it's just social media there is no are they like the djs we just don't we just don't have a food culture yet we're we're, we're a budding food town i mean honestly 10 years ago we were like 99 percent chains now we're like 94 percent chains you know it's like it's it's progress but it's not it still dominates and even the like restaurants that we have that like aren't chains there's four of them you know what i mean like that yeah. yeah there's not a lot of places that have their only restaurant in orange county that are completely devoted waking up every morning walking downstairs going to work doing that all day for six years straight you know there's not a lot of people doing that in orange county and that's i think what separates it where there's a fuck ton of people doing that in New York yeah. and San Francisco and Chicago. And you know what I mean? Like those, those for me, like well, the sensibilities are different. Cause I see like a lot of the people that I know that are opening up restaurants, they're opening it not to be the restaurateur of yesteryear. They're doing it with more an entrepreneur mindset where mm-hmm. like I'm saying, like they're thinking more about 
what their restaurant will look like, what the branding will look like, and on yeah. the off chance it works well, what the second and third and fourth yeah. and fifth location yeah. will look yeah, like. Yeah, because who who's going to help me franchise? Like, so they're not. They they don't want to be walking down the steps three years in. They don't want to be walking down the steps two months in if they don't have to. Yeah, that's and and that's why you have so many people that are creating restaurants in Orange County where there are nine owners. Like there is no, there is no one person with everything on the line. It's like, oh, we all have like a kind. Is I'm that, not that one person you can think of who's in that situation. That is doing no, you, but I'm saying no, <laughs> like, no but, I, but but yeah. it's different. I'm not talking about you. I know. I just wanted. It's been too long since you talked about me. So right. I think with like you know the rapid competition around, you know, one of the things that you know keeps it that way is like you see these food halls. Orange County is a huge place for food halls and festivals where a lot of it is like that limited ownership where a bunch of people are jumping in on one or multiple projects at the same time and everyone wants to create the next viral thing so that they can grow and spread. Well, I think that's what Orange County may have to offer, as hollow as it may seem, is that because we have such a branded culture that you might taste something here that the food may not be new, but the brand might be new to you, and you might get that in your hometown when you come back. Because the, then, the, the chain that had one or two locations a year ago will have five to seven. Like, look at Slapfish. Does it is it anything like particularly? It, it is particularly new. I feel, but. Uh, if you try that in Orange County, you're going to get it pretty soon and wherever they're expanding. Like, they're expanding like crazy. But does that then ruin the definition of Orange County as a foodie town if a foodie town is somewhere you want to travel to to eat? If that's their definition of a foodie town, but I'm saying what if what Orange County has to offer as an incubator for ideas that are getting branded and spread out? Like, then the original food, like... Slapfish isn't a restaurant where it need like it's not like they're like hearkening Maine lobsters too. They're hearkening like just fresh, sustainable seafood. But the idea of it is that like the brand is being tested here, and so a lot of brands are that being makes tested me here. And want to as an entrepreneur, I would want to travel to Orange County to innovate. The question is. Am I going to innovate in Orange County and then go get dinner in Los Angeles? Well, like for me, like a foodie town that I want to go to is a place that I can make for four or five days, three reservations a day. And I could be somewhere at 11, somewhere at 3.30, and somewhere at 9. And I can go have three sick meals a day that I'm super stoked about. And you know what, dude? As much as it kills me to say it, this isn't that place. Mm -hmm. we, have a, we have good restaurants, but some of them are only Tuesday through Saturday. Only dinner. This place is only lunch on this day. This place only has this menu this day. And it just makes it more challenging to go. And just like, dude, I'm going to go and I'm going to have 12 badass meals yeah. over the next four days. And All right, fine. 10 of the 12 will be badass or whatnot. But sure. And we don't have places that you would walk from one to the next. And That's a bummer. I that's why I think the food halls are, are a good idea is because you can go have eight different restaurants in one in a city. room. Yeah. In one room. You know? Yeah. We and we don't have that. I mean, Santa Ana got close. It's no, it doesn't. It doesn't even speck on the radar of the other ten. I agree with you, and I think Santa Ana has come a long way too. Yeah. But because I could walk from your restaurant to Irenia to Mix Mix to Eat Chow and Eat Chow. I mean, two location place, but you can go to Eat Chow. These yep. are all no restaurants in Santa Ana that didn't exist. Some of these didn't exist a year ago. Jason's probably been the longest on the block, and then you see people pop up. So we're just now having these pockets of Orange County that are walkable. 
that yeah, are, you like could get Santa re- Anna being an example. Fullerton, I think downtown Fullerton is starting to get into that limelight. It's becoming an example. Fullerton's of that. always been walkable. It's just always been douchey. So like the people get. Yeah, I think it's starting to clean up a little more. If you go by the train station, some of the food that you're getting out of there is amazing. Yeah. So I think. Okay, this conversation is really Orange County should not be on that list, but I think it should be an honorable mention. I would fight. It's for an honorable it. mention in the sense that like a lot of things are happening. There is like I've said before, I feel like on this same podcast, the the diners of Orange County have thrown down the gauntlet to anyone willing to cook food in Orange County, saying, "We'll come. Show me what you got." Yeah, you get five thousand guaranteed people who will come and buy your thing. Guaranteed, you get five thousand. You open a new restaurant in Orange County. It's what you can do to keep those 5,000 people that, or, or that, I guess, how many of those people are kept and how many of those people spread good word that show how successful you're going to be. Yeah. But like literally like, oh, you want to put unicorn frappuccinos together? Like we're there, dude. Like, you know, we don't, we don't care. We'll, we'll try it. But what, or, or bagels or sushi donuts or whatever the thing is, it's like, look, yeah, let's just make it. Yeah. And we'll come. So, so that part's really, really cool. There are, you, you have people who are genuinely interested in the next thing in food right away. We're thirsty for it out mm-hmm. here. Yeah, because frankly, we've been deprived for a really long time. Yeah, I remember growing up, I mean, all we grew up on were cheesecake factories and the fact that in college, in high school, like we congregated at BJ's, like we would save up to eat at BJ's and that was the, that was the coolest thing of our week yeah. when like we were surrounded by taco shops that we didn't like put on until, yeah. And so we started understanding that that was what was delicious and we we're wasting our money at these other places. And then that's, that's just what we grew up on because there wasn't anything to like touch no. base with in Orange County. And any restaurants that were serving real food were like 60 to to $100 a person. It's too expensive. Like I didn't go to Orange Hill growing up. Like you yeah. just look at it and you're like, that's where rich people have banquets. Yeah. But there's good. I mean, they have a good menu at Orange Hill. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so what are you excited about in food um, right now? I'm excited about places that are having this confidence to put just like just a couple things on the plate and have it be really, really good. There's a place I went to in LA called uh, Tsubaki, T-S-U-B-A-K-I. And just like the kind of dishes, it's Japanese food, Japanese right? Food. Mm-hmm. And one of the dishes that like haunted me, right? Miso butter, like just like miso butter on the plate and like a bincho ton, there's a charcoal okay grilled piece of cabbage like nice like wedge like a sixth of cabbage just grilled over that and put down right on top of it and like honestly that was it and like the truth is for me that's the kind of food that excites me the most is when you have the balls to only put two things on there because it's that good right whereas like i even find myself like if i was replicating that dish which I did. Uh, <laughs> I ended up putting like two extra ingredients on there because I'm like, I don't know, man. It needs texture. It needs this because it wasn't just like the hauntingly delicious version that this guy had made who had perfected that dish. Right. You know? So like I, I'm loving that there are these people who are like mastering individual dishes. Yeah. Right? Like I'm, that's, I'm loving that. As far as what we've been doing recently that I think is really cool and, and could potentially be you know, on the front line of what the future of food is, is taking vegetables and curing them exactly like you would meat. Ooh, so for instance, oh wow. like we took uh, celery root and we cured it. We, we put black pepper and, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, brown sugar and salt all over it yeah. and, and vacuum sealed it, let it cure. And then we, we cooked it slowly. Uh, and then we, we glazed it with, with, you know, uh, cayenne and honey and whatnot. And then we smoked it. 
right? So we're doing this process. We're taking, we're shaving it paper thin. Yeah. And honestly, it's eating like him, you know? And uh, we've done parsnip pastrami. We've done sweet potato bacon. Um, we've done, you know, carrot pastrami. We've done, you know, a lot of these things work well. Amazing. Yeah. Did you get served That's on corn, Corned beet. Corned beet as Do well. Do you serve done. it like a sandwich? Yeah, like corned yeah exactly. Beet? Like that's either we serve it like like plated, <laughs> wow. like we'll do like rye bread crumble and like Gruyere espuma and like sauerkraut and we'll like like lay it out and be like it's a beet pastrami well, Reuben. Does it like, shave like yeah, it shaves just, like like just like it? Just like it. Wow, um, that's crazy. Or <laughs> or we'll serve it as a straight up sandwich. And be like it's a beet yeah. pastrami sandwich. So I've seen salt curing outside of meats, but only for like fish or egg yolks or things yeah. like that. What does the salt curing do to the texture of the vegetables? Well, there it definitely will like, you know, salt's hydroscopic, so it's gonna pull water out of things. So it's gonna wrinkle that that as well. You can do um, like just salt and sugar pickle. Like you can put three parts salt, one part sugar, and sprinkle that on a vegetable, and it will just start to pickle, right? But for us, we're doing a very small amount of cure time, mostly just to flavor. Not we're not trying to like do anything uh, beyond that. Easy. Wow. Yeah, so that's one. Uh, obviously, it's summertime. So you're doing that a lot at the restaurant right we're now? We're doing that a lot, yeah. It's, we're, we're having a lot of fun with it. You know, I'm not saying that we're anywhere near, like, the front line of doing that. But it is really exciting to think about vegetables in ways like meat. Because I think I've said on this podcast before, my least favorite thing in the world is fake meat. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. also said, that if you are vegetarian, that's totally cool. But you left the fried chicken club and walked out. You left. And you're welcome back, but you left. And while you you're gone, like, you don't like fried chicken. That's not actually no. Chicken. While like, you're gone, know. you can't fucking have fried chicken. Like, <laughs> like that's, it's like how? Why is this hard to understand? Like the fried tempeh, the fried tofu. It's garbage. When vegetables are so good, like why do you need to eat veggie? You hate veggie grill, huh? Oh god, I gotta tell you, like places like that. I have nothing against veggie grill specifically, right? But places that only serve fake meat or that aren't primarily. Roasted vegetables, poached vegetables, whatever. Yeah. I hate those places. <laughs> so I'm like a future food kind of looking at the sustainable future kind of guy. And one of our big concerns is that, you know, within the next 50 to 60 years, we're going to run out of meat. Yes, of course. And that's why I keep telling people, like, first of all, it's going to skyrocket in our lifetime, the prices of it. Mm -hmm. So people need to get used to meat on the side. You know, they need to get used to this. It's no longer the main course. This two to four ounces of, of really well taken care of protein, cooked nicely, and then, you know, eight to ten ounces of vegetables. Meat on the side. I mean, honestly, I'm not. Like, it's it's this, like, because we've been ingrained as a society, you have the, the huge steak and yeah. then two slivers of yeah, asparagus, yeah, 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 exactly, right? right? It so, needs, it mm. needs to change. It, you, it needs, to, that needs to happen. And I'm not saying that, like, dude, I, I have no problem with the killing of animals for meat production. You serve like, a, a two or three pound. Uh, that's our. That's the original Instagram Instagram dish yeah. of Orange County right now. Do you still serve that or no? Listen, you know what? I feel just probably the way that most people who have that iconic dish feel, like paralyzed by it. I'd love to take it off. It's it's not. We don't make money on it. It's not a good dish for us. Having that much maple syrup and explain and the dish to people who haven't had it before because it's, it's fucking it's gigantic, gigantic bone and pork chops like. Sometimes as many as four bones tall. It's so big. It's cooked for two slow cooked for two hours, pan roasted, glazed with maple syrup. You're salt saying and it butter. like someone has a gun to your head. Well, yeah, because to be honest with you, like I think it's about the worst dish you could get when you come to playground. It's sure. not it's not indicative at all. That dish was invented week two yeah. of our six year history. Playground's all about the things that we've learned over that time and we've learned nothing about this dish besides how to make a million of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's all. 
Yeah. That's all it is. We know how to we know how to do this same product every time. Yeah. But it's got a big knife sticking out of it, and it is a food picture. You come to the table, and people go, "What is that slice of meat cake?" And it sells others because when it comes yeah. out, oh, yeah. it's like it's, the, the, it's, it's got like, the fajita yeah. principle Holy behind cow. it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But jumping back on that whole meat question, there's people that come out like Beyond Meat and Impossible Food to create these, you know, new meat substitutes, and it's not for vegans. It's no, for I meat get that. Eaters. I would prefer personally mm-hmm. to if if we ran out of meat i would just have no problem eating vegetables no problem at all grains and vegetables are delicious and it's one of the things that if people ask like what should i learn how to cook i would say that over meat any day meat is respectively very easy to cook mm-hmm. in, in in terms of like how challenging it could be to make vegetables you know bone shatteringly delicious yeah but I would I would have no problem with that and like if you're gonna ask me about like lab grown meat, I'll take vegetables. A lot of people would. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people. Happily, a lot of people. Happily. And you know what? Yeah. I got no problem if you wanna eat lab grown meat. I just don't wanna eat it in, in my I don't wanna put it in my body, but yeah, I just don't want to lose that touch with with reality. Yeah, I, th- I do feel like that scares me about yeah, the lab grown meat. Yeah. Not that it's not sustainable or on paper a good like a po- a more positive thing than what we're currently doing in our in our food system but what else is exciting you um what else i have up here so curing vegetables that's fantastic well just looking at new ways to to eat vegetables mm-hmm. um and frankly like trying to fill that void the best thing that ever happened is this guy had the parsnip pastrami on his fork and he goes where's the parsnip we're like it's right there. He's like, no, this is the pastrami. Where's the parsnip? <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude, this is a white. This is a white slice of vegetable, not what pas- any pastrami looks like. I think you know, tricking people to eat vegetables and food in ways they wouldn't expect is a really fun thing. I actually did this competition last year, in which we transformed things like cauliflower and black banana peels and things like that into ice cream flavors that kids would love and recognize, like brownie ice cream sandwich, or like, um, what should I call it? Chocolate, like a, just like a chocolate with a toasted marshmallow flavor. Do you hate that, Jason? Um, well, like that, no, we've been, we've been wasteful with food for far too long, and we absolutely need to find ways to utilize the things that we've previously considered waste, or you know, the, the vegetables that come out that aren't supermarket ready sure. as far as their um, shape or you know whatnot of there having a couple blemishes those definitely need to be turned into other food we just don't have the choice I mean we have too many mouths to feed and not enough food to grow mm-hmm. yeah we're screwed we're screwed yeah it's like food waste is such a major issue right now so many companies look at it and restaurants are starting to look at it too which is amazing well what's brutal for us is like you know we we can't donate to shelters there's a liability mm, yeah. on oh you know what happens with that food so you're just like devastated you know it's like people are are hungry we're throwing away perfectly good food and that's a question a i had uh someone brought it up to me the other the other week they're asking why does it why don't more restaurants donate leftover food or stuff like that and we all generally knew there's a liability issue but what is the real what is there a law is there I gotta it's tell you, just, I've just kind of always, I've always been told it's a, it's a hurdle and, and it's not worth doing. And yeah. For, you know, the thing is that in the state of America, you can get sued for fucking anything. Yeah. True. And there's a, <laughs> Trust, there's a food safety concern with, you know, something that's already been handled. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. kind, that's kind of the thing is like, there's this safety concern of you can potentially contaminate. Um, so, you know, food waste, 
right now that is getting used is something that hasn't been handled you know by a person it's been handled by a machine well i think it's cool there's a story a, a few it was actually a few years ago now there was it was a trader joe's and then some people at starbucks were actually as soon as the food was getting like they throw away as soon as the expiration date is closed they throw it away right and then a lot of them were just putting it outside near a trash can but not in the trash can that's good so if they mm-hmm. disposed of it like it's out of their hands, but they like they found a way to tell whoever needed it, hey, it's there. It's the world's most polite littering. Yeah. yeah. But like yeah. in other countries, you can actually do that, which is crazy. So you can actually donate in to- Italy, play, you know, bakeries that have excess bread at the end of the day can actually go and they can give it to people in the streets so they can actually post on social media. Hey, we have all this extra bread. We're gonna, you know, either sell it at low cost or try to get rid of all of it so it's free. Mm. Come on over and eat some bread. That's cool. It just shows that like our priorities are so backwards in this country. Mm-hmm. We've we've stopped enjoying the day to day experience of interacting with other humans and instead have seen, you know, pretty much everything as a threat or well, we're afraid of like yeah, everything's gone to that extreme. We're afraid of litigation as yeah. like to I know potentially I do yeah, you're afraid of litigation. Like, your dad's a lawyer, isn't he? Like, yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> like, he, doesn't stop you from seen, getting sued. No, 100%. It still costs him money to protect, I'm assuming. Yeah. So that's what's exciting. I learned something about the, pick, the not pickling of the, the curing of vegetables. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, really, it's really been fun. You know, we, we started doing it. We do these all-vegetarian all dinners. And it was fun challenging yourself like to turn a sweet potato into something that someone would pick up and go, this looks like bacon. Where did you pick it up? Like, where, where did you uh, first We go to Chino. Oh. Um, where did you see, not the vegetables. The... There's a place in Montreal uh, called Vin Papillon. Mm-hmm. And they were doing, um, like, smoked and cured, like, celery root ham glazed with, like, they would put, like, lobster bisque on top of it. Oh, so like, they had, like, they literally, like, shaved pieces. They were, like, super thin and, and small and delicious. And then they just, like, put lobster bisque all over it, like, chunks of lobster. It's, like... Fucking insane! Oh, it's like wow. so good. <laughs> they had they had like rotisserie cauliflower, and they had um, so you know Montreal seasoning. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah. that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that's in in Montreal they don't have pastrami; they have Montreal smoked meat, and they just use that seasoning. That's that was how that seasoning came to be. It's like they that's their version uh, of pastrami, okay. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's what's called Schwartz's, and that's where they serve. Like that's their Katz's. That's their 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 like religious deli place. You know. And uh, Vin Papillon did uh, an ode to the, the Schwartz's smoked meat sandwich, uh-huh. and they did it with carrot. So they like had these like ribbons of like fucking smoky carrot, and it was just like, dude, I have uh-huh. to. How how did the texture changes so much? And, and honestly, it's it like amazing. It's am, it's so good. It's so good. Once you understand how to work with vegetables, you can make them do like basically anything that you want. I think that's a. I think that's a really cool. You know, I want to do a recipe of that trend. so yeah. bad. I Which one do you want to so do? Care. Well, the ca- like I'm just uh, let's go off the carrot. Let's pick just... a couple of them. We'll do them. It's 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 fun for us and it's good. People should see how how to do it. Because like, so, can we recreate that dish you just talked about where it was shaved carrots and then oh uh, the celery root yeah the no, celery root but then with the lo- with the lobster bisque on bisco. top. Like... Of course, this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this fucking guy. Holy shit! I just think that is an incredible dish. Holy shit! Here we are. We don't have to recreate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, lobster biscuit is amazing. Got, he's got his dick so hard. Oh, there was lobster bisque involved? Yeah. It is. That's all he heard of the My whole food? thing of, of uh, curing vegetables like meat is, <laughs> oh, there's a lobster bisque element in there? Jesus Yo, My food owner is dude. pushing this table up right now. Jesus Christ. Listen, is it wrong that I just get excited when you say lobster bisque? 
I was just as excited about Jesus. He's showing me a picture right now. That's the that's the lobster. So, so this is uh, the the celery root celery root, root with lobster cured. Oh my! It does look like scraped ham that you would get on. Oh, this man. is the carrot pastrami sandwich. Get the f and, out and of look here! At that, look at that side profile. I mean, that's that's carrot pastrami. No, I it dare to say that crazy. would do well on Instagram, wow. y'all. It would do well on yeah. Instagram. Send me that photo. It's food beast approved. Food <laughs> beast <laughs> approved. Hey, oh. we're, we're, always, we're always looking for the next trend, right? This could be one. Yo, fuck a trend. That just it just looks delicious. <laughs> it was really good, really good. Wow. So that was the first place I saw it, and immediately we started thinking like, okay, can we do like beet gravlax? Can we do you know, for parsnip pastrami. So is that mm. is that different? Do you? S- oh, that is different. I was going to ask you: Is that different than like creating an entire patty made of vegetables for as a burger substitute? But I think what you're doing here is you're actually you're still letting the one ingredient live. Yeah. So you're totally. not you're not adding a you're shit never ton blending. more. You're never you're right. never you know reamalgamating. You're, you're, you're just, it. And that's you, the line for you personally. For where me personally, you feel. Don't, don't get me wrong. If you take black beans and brown rice and roasted cubes of beets and and, and you put those make together, a patty and you make a patty. It's just not that's a burger. Great. It's not a veggie burger. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? And and frankly, it, don't eat it like a veggie burger. You know, it's you, there's a million mm. things you can do with that. Yeah. That make that shine you know it can get so crispy you could serve it as a little cake you can serve it as whatever you want but yeah well you make crispy and serve it in in between two buns oh okay fine do it as a fucking burger <laughs> no but i agree that it shouldn't be called a burger and people get upset when they call it a, burger, Ro- a vegetable sandwich a sure. grilled grilled vegetable sandwich i just won't sell i won't sell yeah you're right uh well damn you got me excited about yeah. that thank you okay now we can end your podcast we're, we're, we can end for, the, for the first second time uh, <laughs> we're cutting that one out please Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks for coming Jason. it's a pleasure to be here man i'll, I'll be at the same time next week or yeah, so no, yeah if you're in if you're in let's do it and then we should cook that stuff i'll be too. eating ceviche tostadas a week from right now and where are you gonna be la guerrerense in ensenada mexico mm-hmm. it's like the most delicious Ooh. food cart in the world it's a little little cart on the side of the road do you hang, do you hang with danny from monte paco um, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him. No, we, we don't. No, I was gonna say he does that shit. Like he like always goes to Mexico. Yeah, he like, tells me he's gonna call me, and he never does. He really, if you go, if you pick up the phone once, he'll always call you. <laughs> <for> it. It's <laughs> amazing. He love. That's all he does. He I do it. love going down there for it. Yeah, but it's the best. Like what it ends up. I feel like I need that that richness in my life and doing that. Ceviche tostadas. They're so oh. good. Gotta get out of Orange County. And I got, I got seven <laughs> of them. Seven loaded ceviche tostadas. How much do you think it cost? Seven dollars. Okay, dude. Fuck off. Okay. <laughs> it was exactly $7. no, no. It was twenty eight dollars, but it should have been. It sh- I know. It a hundred. <laughs> I totally right, cut, the punch cut that one out. Cut that one out. All right, we're out. <laughs>